This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey everyone, welcome to Meat Sports Alcohol for Tuesday, September 21st. I'm your co-host Dylan. I'm JMO. We have an awesome show for you today. Uh, we update everyone on our lives since our little mini hiatus. Uh, lots of things going on in our lives, tons of updates, so... <laughs> uh really yeah. intriguing stuff you'll want to stick around for yeah that. really interesting stuff like i'm looking at my notes here rice cooker and smelly car don't forget so, bottles which i didn't I even get don't to even I think we got to, to. <laughs> that's just the fact that i uh i've been really big into buying bot this is gonna sound douchey buying bottles at bars just be like can you give me your cheapest bottle of sparkling rosé Oh, um, but then you get to walk around and feel like you're sick because you're with a bottle. bottle but it's that really, is yeah. that is cool. Thanks. Man. That's a good life update. Yeah, honestly, better than the rest. This is cut, yeah. cut the other part. Yeah. Just <laughs> leave it. Uh, yeah after that, we have an interview with Matt Verderam. He was actually our first guest ever on the podcast. Uh, he is with Fansighted as a national NFL reporter. He has an awesome podcast. Uh, we basically just talk football, talk about how Derek Carr is overrated, how the Giants are sad, uh, the Texans just being the dumbest idiots on the entire planet, and all kinds of great insights from Matt. So that's the show. What do we say? It's been... Oh, take it away, yeah. chat. It's yours. <laughs> yeah, chat. Let's go. We're back. We're back. We're fucking back, dude. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Everyone so, probably missed us. So I, you know what? It was just too much. Everyone texting me every day. Like, what are you talking oh about? What are you talking about? What are you talking I'm like, people were, people were losing their minds, dude. Literally constantly. I was getting harassed in the streets. Dude, dude it was drop like, drop another app. <laughs> Where's the like, app? It was like the last dance when Michael Jordan was in like China or whatever and getting mauled yeah. by people. Oh like my he left God. his hotel. That's what it was like. And uh, it's been nuts. Piedmont Park. Guess what? We're do we're giving the fans what they want. We're giving the fans what they need. Meet sports <laughs> Mediocre, alcohol. low budget <laughs> podcast. podcast. Episode. Yeah. Once a week. We're back. Uh, we're back. Uh, all right. So you want to, I think we should just update everyone on what's been going on in our lives. Yeah. So it's we like took, two months. we took, so it was originally supposed to be a one month hiatus or one week hiatus because I was on vacation and then it just kept going because there really wasn't anything going on. And it's kind of nice to not have to do this every week, but then, you know, football's back. <laughs> football's back we've been building up our takes for the past two months and ready to let them fly um so we're back and better than ever football's back and f1 is back yes f1 is things. so fucking back that is yeah. something that's happened since around yeah. the last time we exactly. recorded 
Um, yeah. I just want to throw it out there. I feel like I, I didn't get the chance because we were taking a little vacay. I didn't get a chance to say it on the record. I was a McLaren fan from the start. Like legit from watching Drive to Survive, I'm like classy, classy from the start. constructor. Yeah, mm-hmm. three months ago from the yeah, start. When I started watching it. <laughs> and it's like, like I feel like I didn't get the chance to be like, oh, I'm a real one. I was with them before they were cool. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Dude, how about Ricardo? Huh? Dude, yeah. sp- speaking of people being back, what a win for Danny huge absolutely huge, huge. Uh, yeah. i was checking out that line by the way and uh verstappen's like plus 200 next okay. week okay and because i don't know anything about f1 really i don't know if like mercedes is like su- always wins at this track or something so to me it's you know flip of a coin i'm getting some pretty good odds where is it this weekend <sighs> Didn't mean to put you in the spot. <laughs> uh, Sochi, Russian, Russian GP. Oh, whoa. So that favors faster cars. <laughs> I heard this track favors fast cars. Faster cars. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fast yeah. cars do well at this track. I, that's why I think Mercedes, dude. I think we put it all on Hamilton. Or Botas. Maybe just says, fuck it. Yeah. Finally yeah. wins one. Doesn't let Lewis steal all the... Steal the glory. Anyway, so that was one of the things. We're F1 fans now. Uh, I think we watched the Hungarian Grand Prix at the same time, and that's what made our decision. And that was about the last time we had a podcast. And since then, we I followed a lot of we followed a lot of F1 Twitter accounts. That's for sure. <laughs> that's. A, I say. I a tried lot of to watch one. I yeah. I say that a lot are of true. I want, I, yeah, I, uh, I follow a lot more F1 accounts. Um, I think I watch one and I say I'm going to watch every single one. So I say I can't miss it. Yeah. I think I, like football's an afterthought for me. Yeah. I wake yeah. up Sunday mornings and it's like football's just a cherry on top. I'm here exactly. for the F1. For the, yeah. I for talk quali- about for the quality. I talk about, I, I was just about to say, I talk about pole position constantly like it's my day job bro. yeah exactly yeah so i think that means we're f1 fans i'm willing to say it uh another thing that happened since the last time we were here is we bought 12 bucket hats yes we bought alcohol bucket hats i actually have one no this is an audio medium it's yeah i have one too (laughs) right now We bought 12 and we had this whole elaborate plan to give them first to the people who helped us like put together the podcast, which we did do. Well, no, we gave them to some people. Two of of them. Yeah, we lost the Sam, (laughs) who's a very awesome video dude who helped us out a ton, especially at the start. I told him the story. Basically, we lost all the bucket hats. We wore like 11 of the 12 in one weekend when we were hammered when we were graduating and lost all of them. Mm-hmm. And I told Sam, who helped us out, like the story. I'm like, dude, you'll never believe this. Like, we got all these bucket hats. We we're going to get you one. And I was kind of just telling it like a long joke, like just a funny story. And he was like, so I don't have don't that. Because <laughs> yeah. I saw like 20 pictures of them and they were sick. This whole story was to tell me that you didn't 
I don't have a bucket hat. That they're like, gone. Yeah, you know, you're right. That is yeah. That yeah. is true. But, but and another life update, we graduated college. Yep. Yep. So we graduated college. We wore our bucket hats to graduation. Accidentally, for me at least. I didn't know I was walking across the stage with it. Yeah, I you know, I looking back on it, I probably <laughs> shouldn't have done that but you know <laughs> yeah that's our lasting memory for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. yeah i was wearing uh, a hawaiian shirt and a meat sports alcohol bucket hat it was actually pretty emotional i loved it graduating i walked across the stage i was like uh, i was like feeling this huge wave of emotion i was like this is awesome that we did this also though we were on like day four of a four-day bender and I think maybe I was just breaking down physically. <laughs> emotionally. I thought about it like this last week. I was like, was I proud of myself or could I not stand to, to last <laughs> another I, waking minute? <laughs> and I slept three hours in the past four days. <laughs> Am I on the edge of uh, a mental break? I yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I could see it going either way. Uh, another life update um oh i bought a rice cooker uh which i'm very excited about one of my i figured i now graduated college kind of an adult been cooking a lot of rice just got a rice cooker so, i'd say those are about equal accomplishments yeah that's awesome graduating college and because the thing and is you're supposed rice. you're supposed to graduate college like that's exactly. like meeting expectations going out of your way and buying a rice cooker that's like sur- not everyone going up that. and above not everyone yeah, i don't that. have one no no or an air fryer so you're kicking my ass you have that i know dude i'm telling you my food just cooks itself at this point oh my gosh well complete opposites life update for me i let food rot i don't cook it i let it rot because my job now is in person so every day i was telling you this i just like bring a bit of food i'll bring like granola bar and like a banana with me eat it on the drive there then just let it sit in my steaming hot car for like the entire 10 hours that I'm at the office, eight hours, eight and a half. Depending on the day. Yeah. If anyone's listening. Eight and a half. (laughs) Nine. Nine something. Anyway. So my car smells like a gigantic, smelly piece of banana shit. Right. Okay. That's something. That's an update. So that's kind of, that's kind of number one update and then the secondary update that's kind of related to that is you have a different job that you go into an office for i do have a different job yeah but that's secondary to the whole banana thing well it's all secondary to my f1 fandom that's true this is all this is all an afterthought exactly yeah you could you could catch me you could catch me unemployed before you catch me missing an f1 race Mm -hmm. let's just put it that way yeah yep Yep. Uh, what else? What other updates? Do you okay, have? the we have big thing. Else this on? is well. This is timely because you guys are giving me shit for it. Dylan and our friend Charles, who is a guest on the podcast, friend of the show, uh, think that they're legit sharp betters. Like, think we that are. they're professional sports betters. You should have seen our profit this weekend. Well, tell <laughs> tell me more. We we I won except for the parlay that you screwed up. I was okay, up so this is like 300 wanted. bucks. This is what I want. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Does the 300 include the winnings that you're assuming you were getting from the parlay? Or you no. yourself 300? Uh, 200. I won, okay. I won a lot of money 
on the Broncos minus six, with Char- which Charles and I. That was money. I did that too. Out. I did that too. Yeah, exactly. That's our, that was our sharp bet of the weekend. Well, I contributed the Chiefs minus three. Exactly, which three didn't happen. Didn't so happen. what? So we had a parlay that was Broncos minus six, Bengals plus three and a half, and both of those hit. And all we needed was Chiefs plus three and a half or minus three and a half to close it out, which seems like that's great. We just have to root for the Chiefs. No better thing, right? And at the beginning, it looked great. Third play of the game, pick six. Wow. Everything's fine and dandy. We're about to cash out. Little did we know, Charles and I, that JMO on our group bet had left and he hedged and he didn't stay true to the bet. And that ruined the vibe and ruined the momentum. And next thing you know, Ravens won. Parlay ruined. So, Embrace Debate, I think if you have a group bet, you got to stick with it or double down. You can't hedge. No hedging in a group bet. It's all or nothing. You know what you're leaving out of this? What am I leaving You're leaving out, out one convenient truth huh. in that whole story. I'm broke as fuck. <laughs> I'm broke as fuck. Right? I need to. I had a chance to come out even and I took it. You can't fault a man. For that, straight from Charles's mouth. This is just another completely unrelated story. And an update. And <laughs> life update. Life update. Oh, yeah, me being broke as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no, Charles just randomly texts people about me being broke. So he can't even he can't even get mad at me for trying to make my money back. That makes no sense. And I waited for you. I didn't even say I hedged until you texted like halfway through the fourth quarter. Like, I'm nervous. This isn't going to hit. Because so I, I could sense it. I could agree with you. I like, could that's sense not... there's a, a shift, a cosmic shift. <laughs> but I'm not introducing the shift in that case. You know, I'm no, just like... I could sense it. I was just, I was just, I was just letting people know. I was like, hey, something's something's up here. I knew it. I could feel it. So I was like, hey, I'm nervous. Little did I know. It was on you. Well, let me let me give you a chance to make your money back. I'll give you a lock right here. Okay. Uh, Lions. Jared Goff throws an interception. Okay, that is an actual. Oh, it's actually minus two hundred now. It went from like minus one eighty, right? Oh my god! So, so people are still hammering that. Yeah, people are really hammering that. And okay, so people are listening to this. We're recording it right before Monday Night Football. Plus ten thousand Lions to win every quarter. Mm-hmm. It's money. Easy money. So re- remember during our interview with Matt, he, you said, I listened to your podcasts and I then bet against things that you say and I keep losing money. Matt said that the Packers are going to destroy the Lions tonight. So that means. Okay, but he also said <laughs> triple negative. He also yeah. said, don't take my betting advice. Oh, so. Don't take my betting advice that the Packers are going to win. Bet, so bet, bet Lions. Lions. Oh. To win every quarter. Okay. Win every quarter plus 10,000. Plus 10,000. Throw a dollar on that, right? The amount that we've talked about it, we should put $5. We should put five bucks on it. Because, like, now if it actually were to. So, hit, plus, yeah, we would feel like idiot. $5 feel is nothing. So stupid. All right. 
put me down for five. All right, you want? All right, Do you have that up right now? Yeah, I pull that shit up. Yeah, yeah, throw me down for five. No touchdown scored by Packers is also plus twenty two hundred. All right, all right, we're getting off topic here. I'll put that in for you. Yeah, because uh, I mean, we boy would we feel like idiots if that hit and we didn't put any money on it. So that would be plus ten thousand. That's a hundred, hundred over. So we'd win five hundred dollars. Yeah, I think we've won 500. I'm actually not seeing it right now. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe they took it off because it was too hot. It was too hot. <laughs> people are just hammering it. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, these people know, it, know something? This is free money. All right, so $5 at plus 10,000 wins us 500 bucks. Uh, what do we want to do with the 500 bucks once we get it? Oh, right. I'll start by a little air freshener thing for my car. Hmm. So it doesn't smell like run. That's a good buy more bucket hats. We could buy more bucket hats. Buy more bucket hats and send us to an F1 race. Yes. Yes. All right. Sweet. So we're back. We're back, everyone. We're back every Tuesday morning. Yes. Which is when you'll be listening to this because (laughs) I know you guys are eager and awaiting. Unless we take another vacation. Which. We can do whenever we want because we got to keep people on their toes. It's like Michael Jackson was dancing, you know, we wouldn't do it all the time just because exactly. Oh, got to make it more exclusive. Yeah, that's what this is. Exactly. It's like Supreme. I call upon all nations to do everything they can to stop these terrorist killers. Now watch this drive. We now welcome on Matt Verderam, a national NFL reporter for Fansided and host of the Stacking the Box podcast. Uh, kind of our coworker. I don't know if you know this. We got picked up by Minute Media as well. So quasi coworker slash boss. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, congratulations, guys. Thanks for having me. Always, always appreciate it. Yeah, of yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and before we get started, I, I, uh, I know you saw this on Twitter a couple days ago. I also saw it the the guy that was getting roasted for his podcast appearance fees. Yeah. Um, he was saying, you know, 50 to a hundred dollars. So just so we're clear, your going rate is what? 150, 200? <laughs> My going rate is zero. Anybody yeah. <laughs> charges to go on a podcast is, is uh, oh, what kind of word I can use on air? Um, oh, any word. Yeah, any word. Uh, alcohol. Yeah, it's not, it's not somebody I want to be associated with. Let's put it yeah. that way. Well, honestly, we, we appreciate that. And we appreciate everyone that thinks like that. Because if guests that were... Uh, helping us out by coming us coming on our show we're charging us we would be broke because yeah, negative <laughs> we can't afford that <laughs> you gotta i mean you really have to have a high opinion of yourself to yeah. charge somebody 50 to 100 dollars for 20 to 30 minutes of your time um and, and to say why well, at the prep for an hour if you have to prep for an hour you don't know the sport you're talking yeah. about <laughs> yeah so um, sounds more like his problem than anybody else. <laughs> well, that's good news for how much prep uh, Dylan and I put in then. But uh, <laughs> on the last time we had you on, it was last playoffs. Um, and I just want to go back to one thing you said, because you absolutely nailed it. We were playing a little game of who you would start over Jared Goff in the playoffs. And I asked if you would start Stafford. And you said you would start Stafford over Goff if he had an amputated left hand. Uh, doing a quick mental math right here trading two first round picks and a third round pick. That's basically a left hand. So I just yeah. want to give you credit. You absolutely nailed that, that, uh, that pick right there. Well, thank you. Yeah. No, listen, Stafford has gotten 
a lot of, I think, undue criticism because he played Detroit for so long and they're terrible. But, you know, I mean, look, no one was winning with the Lions over the last 10 years. No one was winning with the Lions over the last 60 years. Like, literally, Bobby Lane's the last quarterback to win anything of significance with Detroit. That's before the 60s. So, Stafford going to the Rams makes them a very good team, very dangerous team. And I'm fascinated to see how they play week three against the Bucs. Yeah, do you do you feel bad for Goff at all being sent to Detroit as a California boy, born and raised? Yeah, I mean, I think look, I know there's the old like, hey, these guys get paid a lot of money, and you know, but it's still your life. Like if I got called up tomorrow by Fanside and said we're going to trade you, and you're going to have to go live in I don't know, you know, Idaho, I wouldn't be thrilled about that, right? Like I'm a native <laughs> New Yorker, that would be awesome. Um, of course, the difference is I could just go do something else where Goff is probably not going to find that kind of money for, for another line of work. So, look, I, I do. I mean, he's, he's in a tough spot. They're not good. He has no receivers to work with. And with all due respect to Detroit, Detroit ain't Los Angeles. So, yeah, it's a little bit of a tough spot. But, hey, you know what? Look, I'll say this. He's wanted there. And it's always good to be wanted. I think Dan Campbell is going to be a lot better for coaching people think he's going to be. So I do think he's got that going for him, but they're in a rebuild in a full scale one. It's going to take time. There's no doubt. Yeah. We were looking at some prop bets before you hopped on Matt and uh, Jared Goff, I think was like minus 200 to throw a pick tonight, which I'm just going to go ahead and say that could probably be minus 500 against the Packers. <laughs> um, or, you know, n- not so much. No, I mean, I probably. Pro- yeah. I, look, the, the problem is going to be in that game. They're going to be down a lot. And he's going to have to throw and throw and throw and throw. So, yeah, I mean, that, look, I, I don't really bet, but I do follow the lines. Uh, you know, 11 and a half, I think, is what it is right now, at least it was this afternoon. Mm-hmm. That's a big line, and I still wouldn't even blink if I was a betting man. Like, I would, mm-hmm. I would take the Packers to cover that. It's just, this is a game. You never want to be the team that's playing a good team coming off a really bad loss. And you really don't want to be that team when they're in prime time, right? Like, I'm looking at – if you look at some of the games, the way they've gone early, like Buffalo loses week one to Pittsburgh, which is not an embarrassing loss, but it was a loss they didn't expect to have. They go down and they crush Miami, right? Yeah. If I'm the Chargers, I'm not thrilled this week with be, having to go to Arrowhead. Like If I'm the Chargers, I, I would have loved to see the Chiefs in some ways. Obviously, you want to win the division, but in some ways it would have been easier for them if the Chiefs had just beaten Baltimore by 12 points. Yeah. Like yeah. Now they're going to hear all week how they stink – they can't stop anybody. They're te- that's not the spot you want to walk into if you're the Chargers, right? Like that is you want you want to catch those teams when they're fat cats. The Packers certainly not that going into tonight's game. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I, I currently am up by like 28 in my fantasy matchup, but I'm playing against Aaron Rodgers tonight, and I wouldn't be surprised if he throws eight touchdowns after last week. This seems like an Aaron Rodgers revenge game written all over it. Let's put it this way. They have first and goal to two. They're not running. Yeah. 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 So what do you, what do you think happened last week with the Packers? You know, I, I watched the game. I went back and watched the guy. I mean, they got their asses kicked up front period. I, and I think, you know, people underestimate that like because everybody always, you know, you just talked about fantasy football, right? Like, I think a lot of times we live in the fantasy football world where it's skill position players. There's no fancy football that I'm aware of that has offensive linemen in it. But I think that's the thing that gets lost. If you watch that game, New Orleans offensive line just beat the crap out of Green Bay up front. And the reverse was true as well. They were getting pressure on Rodgers. They weren't allowing him to run the ball. They were getting him behind the sticks. And I think for the Packers, that's got to be a concern. Corey Lindsley, they're all pro center. He goes to the Chargers. 
David Bakhtiari, all pro left tackle. He's on the pup list as he's recovering from his torn ACL a year ago. So he's out the first six games. Now, I don't think it's going to stop him against Detroit, but I'll tell you right now, next week against San Francisco, it's a problem. Like that is that is going to be an issue. They are going to relentlessly attack those positions up front. I think for the Packers, well, it's a combination of when you get beat that bad, it's a combination of bad luck, not playing well up front. Rodgers, he did not play well. I mean, they, there was a point in that game in the third quarter where the Packers got the ball out of half. They're down 17-3, and he drove them right into the red zone. And they they go in and score there. I think it's a totally different game. Instead, he throws up a really bad pick in the end zone, and the game kind of went sideways on him from there. But I, I'm not worried about the Packers, especially in that division. That division is awful. I mean, the Packers are going to win 11 games. They're going to clinch that division by Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sticking with another quarterback here of equal pedigree, I want to ask you about Derek Carr. Uh, a lot of people <laughs> this week, I was watching the first take, they were debating whether or not Derek Carr is elite. And I just wanted to get you, would you consider him elite or more of a superstar or more of an MVP? <laughs> what? Where does he land uh, on your on your QB none, list? None, none of those descriptions. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Not like he's like he's, he's a good quarterback who has very good games at times. I put him in the same category for like Baker Mayfield, like Ryan Tannehill, good player who can occasionally be really good. And I give him a lot of credit, by the way. Like I, I actually just wrote my quarterback rankings on fantasy. I go up tomorrow morning, and and I led with Carr. He's been phenomenal. No one else has over. No one else is 700 passing yards. He's over 800 already. And he's played Baltimore and Pittsburgh, two of the better teams in the league, two of the, certainly a great defense in Pittsburgh. And Baltimore, I know, having some injury issues, but still a, a quality group, a well-coached group. I give him a lot of credit. He's not doing it outside of Darren Waller with a bunch of unbelievable weapons. I mean, Henry Ruggs, we'll see. He was terrible as a rookie. Maybe he's better. Hunter Renfro's a nice player, but I don't think anybody's fearing him going into a game on Sunday. So, Look, I give Carl a lot of credit. Now, that being said, do I think he's going to continue to do this and just throw for 5,000 yards? No, I mean, we have a lot of history on Derek Carr that says he's a good player. I think he will eventually settle into being what he's been, which is good if the Raiders can play defense and they can run the ball. I think they got a shot to make the playoffs, which is frankly a lot better than I thought they were two weeks ago. Um, But it's going to come down to – look, they're they're going to eventually have to win games in that division against Herbert and Mahomes where they're going to have to stop them. They're going to have to hold them down. Can they do it? Hey, they won an arrowhead last year. I mean, they famously took their bus ride around the stadium afterwards, so maybe. But um, look, he's been very, very impressive to start the year. But I, I do think the history tells you he will you know, come back a little bit. Yeah. Just as, uh, just as everyone was expecting, too, in the uh, AFC West, Raiders and Broncos on top. Yep. Chiefs and Chargers at the bottom. Uh, I that that division does seem pretty strong. Like I think the Chargers looked a little disappointing against the Cowboys yesterday. But do you think the Broncos can keep this up as well as the the Raiders? And I mean, obviously the Chiefs are the Chiefs, but do you think they you know they'll be able to be competitive with those guys? Yeah, look, I think I think the Raiders have a better chance to be because I like the quarterback better in Vegas and. They've already beaten two of the tougher teams on their schedule. Like that's a that's a big feather in the cap. I every year there's a team that starts three and zero that you look at and go, eh. Denver's first three games are the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. Yeah. Like call me call me when they play week four week four through seven they play Baltimore, Pittsburgh, uh, the Raiders, and the Browns. Like what are they doing that? Can they go two and two? 
they go two and two, then we'll have the conversation. But I can easily see like one and three, and they still have two to play with the Chiefs. And then it's like, yeah, all right, well, you know, they had a nice start. But um, but I do think I do think the Broncos are about a 500 team. You know, and that's how I felt about them going into the year. I still feel that way. Um, the Raiders, I thought, were going to win like six games. I think the Raiders are better than I, I gave them credit for. The Chargers, that was a weird game against Dallas. Like, you look at the score and say, wow, 2017, pretty defensive. Both defenses were awful. Yeah. Awful in that game. Yeah. But it was turnovers and penalties, a bunch of weird play. Um, I, I still think the Chiefs are the best team in that division by a pretty significant margin. I know they lost to Baltimore. Um, I'm sure anyone who follows me on Twitter knows where my, <laughs> my fandom lies. I'm a Chiefs fan. And, and yeah. so um, that was a, a frustrating game. But I, I feel like they, they can't be any worse defensively. Like they're giving up seven yards a carry and they're eight for eight, giving up touchdowns in the red zone. And they've played Cleveland and Baltimore and they, and if they didn't fumble the wall, they'd be two and oh. So I still think Kansas City's a, a, a Super Bowl team. I still think the Chargers are a playoff team. And then the Raiders, they, they piqued my interest. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of the Chiefs, too, I mean, you, as you mentioned, the, the issues with the run defense, do you think that's also a product of them playing two really good running teams in the Browns and the Ravens the first two weeks? Or do you think there's some serious underlying issues that they need to address going forward? I think it's a combination of both. Cleveland and Baltimore are hard matchups for the Chiefs because of how well they run. Nobody runs the ball better than Baltimore, and they're so unique in the way they do it. And then Cleveland, I think, for my money, is the best offensive line in football. Um, and, you know, I, I thought week one, I really didn't put any, any stock in it, only because they do have such a great line. They run the ball so well. Stefanski's a great offensive play caller. And then on top of that, they didn't have Clark. They didn't have Matthew in the game. The Ravens game is more concerning. The Raven, not even because of how how many yards they gobbled up, but because they're playing with a beat up offensive line. Kansas City couldn't do anything in that game. Nothing. I mean, Chris Jones is a hood ornament. Frank Frank Clark has a hundred and four million dollar contract. Hood ornament. Deron Reed, you bring him in, he does nothing. Like at some point, and the linebackers are guilty too. But at some point, like you've got to make a play. You know, everybody focuses on the Edwards Alaire fumble. Look, I understand that. If he doesn't fumble the ball, they got a great kicker. They probably win the game. You know what? You know what else would have won them the game? Not giving up 36 points. Like, get off the field. Don't give up a touchdown every single time you go into the red zone. You know, I think so. I, I do think there's concern there. They move Chris Jones outside. He's he's been good. He has two sacks, but you know, it hasn't worked overall. So I do think they get it straightened out. They just have so much talent. Like, I've been a Chiefs fan in years, and you looked at them and just went, yeah, that's going to be what it's going to be. Like, they, they're they not getting off the field. I don't feel like that. Um, but I do think there are serious problems. I mean, you you don't get beat like that two two weeks in a row defensively and go, ah, it's fine. Um, they're going to have to do some different things, for sure. The way you just described some of your years of Chiefs fandom uh, is me at this exact moment as a Giants fan. And yes. it's just not looking good at all. Is there anything good you could say about the Giants as someone who really knows football? Is there like any positive that, that I can carry on? Yeah. Look, I, so I actually really believe they have a lot of very good weapons. And, you know, look, I, I thought Judge had a pitiful game on Thursday, but I think overall he's been a halfway decent coach for them. I really mm-hmm. do. Um, They've got talent defensively as well. Like defensively, they've got some guys. I love their secondary. 
the front needs more help, right? I think they, you know, Leonard Williams is a good piece. I think they should have kept Tomlinson. Um, but the Giants are a work in progress. Let's be real, though. Here's here's the bottom line. We all know it. It comes down to Daniel Jones. If he's not good, they're not good. Now, he, I thought, was okay against Washington. But if he doesn't play well this year, they have two first-round picks. They will replace him. Um, that said, yeah, listen, it, it comes down to that. The line's got to be better. I mean, the Giants are just a work in progress. I do think Gettleman is somewhat of an anchor. They just they think in terms of football like 40 years ago. And look, you you can do that to an extent if if you have the pieces. Like Cleveland plays football like you would have played 30 years ago, you know, in terms of run the ball in the trenches, we're gonna stay ahead of the sticks. You can do that, but you have to be able to have the infrastructure around it. And the Giants, they always talk about well, we want to be able to run the ball. You have no line. Like you're, if you're going to do yeah. that, then go spend money on an offensive line. Go get an offensive line that kicks ass every week. You know, it, mm-hmm. so I, I just think that the mentality and the personnel don't match what they want to do. It's so brutal to watch teams that do fun and interesting things on offense. Every time I watch like a 49ers or Browns or Chiefs, or and Chiefs. I'm just like, yeah. oh my God, this is what football teams do. And I just watch the Giants and it's nothing. It's just boring, oh, terrible. It, it makes you feel any better. Before Andy Reid got into, into town, Romeo Cornell was in town. And let me tell you something. <laughs> you want to talk about unimaginative football? That takes this guy. I don't think they put a man yeah. in motion for 10 years. Okay, that was – I remember a game in 2012. They went 2-14. and 14, And I forget exactly what the, what the totals were, but it was like Jamal Charles got like four carries or something. It was, it was mm. absurd. And after the game, a reporter asked Romeo about it, and he was like, is that really all we gave it to him? Really? Oh, I'll have to fix that. And it was just, you're like, this is this is just a tire fire. Like there is no chance the team wins another game this year, which they did not. And then Reed came in, and yeah, they are one definitely, you know, you're right. I mean, Cleveland, the the Chiefs, the Niners, the Rams, um, you know, very imaginative offenses. And I think more than anything, when you do that, you give your team an inherent advantage. It's, you know, I, when you put all these guys in motion for this, it's hard. If you're defense, it's hard to know what the hell's going on. You have a hard time finding the ball. You get a guy to move out of position by one step. In the NFL, one step's a mile. You know, that's yeah. enough. That's enough to fit a ball between a linebacker and safety. So, yeah, the Giants definitely need to, to join the modern age with all that stuff. Just to keep uh, on dumb coaches for a second, because there was a couple of dumb things that happened. And I want to ask you what you think was the dumber move. Uh, was it the Bears playing Andy Dalton despite him being injured and Justin Fields being on the sideline or the Texans coach choosing the fourth and two and punting it when they could have taken the third and 10 and just had another play? Oh, listen, it has to be the Houston thing. Yeah, yeah. I knew that's where this was going when you started. Question. It has to be. I when mean, you heard is... when you heard dumbest coaching decision of the weekend, you knew it was that. That's, I've, so I'm 33. I've been watching football, I don't know, 28 years. Um, that's the dumbest decision in game I've seen in my life. <laughs> I've seen worse like roster decisions and whatnot, but in terms of just, you know, it's bad when the coach on the air sideline and literally you can see yeah. him say, what? Yeah. I mean, yeah. The I, reaction I, of Stefanski was hilarious. It's priceless. He was like, what is he? What? You what know, are you doing? I, I thought I was watching it live when it happened. I thought that they were going to decline it and then go for it. Yeah. Which, yeah. I would have understood that. Yeah. yeah. You could argue whatever, but I would have understood it. To to decline the penalty 
and get third and 10. Okay. Like you another down. But to take it and then punt was one of the most mystifying things I've ever seen. Like I really, I went back, I actually rewinded it when I was watching on live. I, I have to just, there's, I've got to be missing something. There has to be an explanation. To it. There was not. Um, yeah. I, I was floored. I remain floored. I know David Kelly today in his presser was like, yeah, I screwed up. And I'm thinking, look, I feel bad for him. He's in a brutal spot with that team. It's like, yeah, David. Yeah. You, you kind of did screw up, man. And by the way, was no one on that sideline? Like, what are, what are we doing? Yeah, just you, you someone. Can't even I feel like the punter even could just be like, "Hey, uh, maybe we don't do this." <laughs> like, yeah, the, the I don't think I should go out, out there. Did look confused. I will say <laughs> they look confused, and the announcers had no clue. They were like, "They were like, oh, Texans playing it safe here," and it's like, well, not really. <laughs> that was that was a tragedy of a football yeah. decision. One of you the know, funniest like, things, and especially if you're the Texans, like not that anybody should make that choice, but if there's ever a team that can just play YOLO ball all year long, it's them. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody thinks they're going to win a game. Like, yeah. The hell with it. It's like if you're Vanderbilt playing Alabama. If there's yeah. ever a game to just start the game with an onside kick and, and, and a 60-yard bomb, like that's the game. Yeah. Who cares yeah. if you lose by 50? Yeah, Everyone everyone's thinks you're going to lose by 50 anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they were they were playing decently competitive with the Browns. I think at that <laughs> point it was, both it weeks, was seven, yeah. seven. Yeah. Yeah. The last two weeks, both. Yeah. Both yeah. So, <laughs> um, so I, uh, while we're last quick thing on, um, dumb coaches as well. Uh, I'm a, my allegiance is to the Bengals, um, which has been tough, uh, for a long from time. Cincinnati? Uh, my family's all from Ohio, okay. but I'm from, I'm from Montana, so I picked my teams when I was six, and uh, yeah, stuck with okay. it ever since. Um, Just a bandwagoner. So, yeah, exactly. I'm a bandwagoner. How the hell that happened? Yeah. Um, uh, but can you? So I, when JMO was talking about unimaginative, dry offenses, that's what I've seen entirely out of the Bengals the first two weeks, and it's been frustrating beyond belief because with the receiving core that we have and Joe Burrow, I see so much potential to do a fun, cool chief style offense, whatever it is. And they just run, they run it more than they've run it more than any other team in the league. Like the first two weeks they run on second down more than any team. And they just, and the one time they went to, they went deep to Jamar chase yesterday and it finally worked out and it was in the fourth quarter and it was too late. Is this on Zach Taylor? Is this, do you have any read on this? Can you tell me something that will make me feel better? <laughs> I just am beyond frustrated. You know, I got to know Zach Taylor a little bit when uh, I covered the Rams past Super Bowl. And I think he's a really smart guy. I think he's, I think he's intelligent. I, I really thought it was a good hire. But I do think there comes a point where you have to say, look, who's our best players? Who are our best players? Well, our, uh, Mixon certainly is one of them. But the offensive line is probably the weak point of the offense. Mm -hmm. If I'm Zach Taylor, and he knows more about football than I ever will, but if I were Zach Taylor, I would just spread defenses out to go ahead, cover us, right? Like Mixon can catch. He's a good back out of the backfield. But him out wide, you know, I think that's the, that's the secret sauce that, you know, we talked about earlier, right? Like the Rams, the Niners, the Browns, the Chiefs, all these offenses that you think about and think of innovative offenses. Yes, it's about the players, but it's about – getting matchups. And one of the things that these teams do so well 
is he force you into matchups you don't want to have, right? Like Kansas City is the master at getting you to put a tight end on Travis Kelsey. And it's just a, it's a crap show. Like he's going to gain 15 yards every time it happens. Yeah. And I think if you're the Bengals, you should be putting put Mixon out wide, put him out, put him out outside the numbers. Who's guarding him? Is it zone? Is it a linebacker that's traveling out there with him? If it is, hit, throw the ball to him, right? Like if if you can, you know, Chase and Higgins. And all these guys, I mean, you should, in my opinion, everything should be all right. Let's get Burrow. Let's roll the pocket. Let's get him moving. Let's throw the ball. I mean, I I firmly believe that if you're Cincinnati, that's how you should be trying to play the game. Because if you get behind the sticks with that offensive line, you're in trouble. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I do think the talent's there. I think offensively they're very talented. But it, it really – I agree with you. Like There needs to be more of an emphasis on – look, Joe Burrow was our number one pick. He's a good player. He's shown to be – he can play. Like, yeah. let this kid wing it. I'm not saying throw the ball 60 times, but, like, let throw on first down. Get to second and four, then run. Yeah, yeah. Then go ahead and run. I think that's what they need to do. Yeah, I yeah, I completely agree. I and just seeing the flashes of when they've actually let him go for it and Jamar Chase looks amazing. Yeah. He's been beating people left and right, especially deep, and just continuing to just run has just been beyond frustrating, especially because the defense was supposed to be the issue this year and they've looked halfway decent. So anyways, uh we don't want to keep you too long. Uh we have one final question before we let you go. Um, as we, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure if you saw the Jaguars apology statement that they put out on Twitter yesterday. Yes. Um, and then I'm not sure if you saw today, the Falcons issued a similar apology statement on Twitter. Um, once again, saying that they're sorry for the first two weeks. So between those two teams, uh, who do you think is the most, should be the most apologetic to their fan base? I think they ought to issue a joint statement. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, just look, we're sorry for what we've done. We've yeah. put everybody through this crap. Atlanta should be more sorry because Atlanta doesn't seem to accept the fact they stink. Yeah. Like, there's this weird, like, we traded Julio, but we're not going to draft the quarterback, even though Matt Ryan is 36. Look, Matt Ryan's had a fine career. He's had a very good career, actually. He, it's over. It's over. Like, just rebuild the team. Like, do you know how impossible it is to be over the cap? And be that bad. That's <laughs> mind-boggling. Like if you're over the cap and you're really good, that's one thing. Okay, fine, right? You got to work to get under. No problem. I get that. You're over the cap and you're the Falcons, and that you have to trade Julio Jones to get cap relief. And that, that's not on Terry Font. No, that's on Thomas Dimitrov, who's no longer the GM there for, for good reason. But I'd say they owe the bigger apology. That being said, I'll leave you guys with this. If I was if I was to be offered the over under on on Urban Meyer coaching eighteen games in Jacksonville under 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 <laughs> really like if you offered if you said fifteen games I think about the under yeah that yeah. is that is a flaming tire fire has yeah. been since the second he got there I could see them being like one in ten and and you know I don't know uh, trying to give a college team like LSU comes calling and he's like you know what guys it's been real good luck. See ya. I can yeah. definitely see that happening. Yeah. I mean, he has to be so miserable. He's been so used to just crushing every single team that he, yeah. you know, knowing, knowing that he has the more talented team and course, now right. he, he has the least say. talented team in right. the league. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence State, hasn't lost since he's 12 years old. Too. Yeah. <laughs> when you're at Ohio State and every five-star recruit wants to go to you and you get to play Purdue, yeah. Like, life's pretty cushy. Yeah. When you're Purdue... 
not as fun. Yeah. Year, they, like they're going to be bad. I, I remember looking at the win totals at the beginning of the year and going down the list. Like, oh, you know, Vegas are on top. I, they were six and a half. I said, my God, that is the easiest money it's, anyone's ever made in their life. Yes. Yeah. They could play two seasons. They're not going to win seven games. <laughs> And I, I think anyone who took that bet's pretty happy with it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Matt, for coming on. Thank you for the always just uh, smart football opinions. I listen to the stacking the box myself and often hear your smart opinions and don't take them into account when I bet on sports, but I should start doing that. <laughs> Other don't people ever bet on my well. opinions. <laughs> ever. But thank you very much. I appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the pod and uh, anytime. And that was our show. Uh, stick around next week when we have on. I was gonna say Daniel Ricardo, but I think we've already. Oh, we already Daniel. made that joke. We, we already, already had him. That joke. We already had him. Valerie Botas. Oh, he Valerie would be Botas. so boring. I know. I know. Who would be yeah. more boring, Botas or uh, Verstappen? Oh my God. I love your stopping. He's my favorite. That, okay. I, I love him. We can do him. we can do this on the full F1 show, but that is your worst take. You had right. a couple bad takes, but liking Verstappen is the worst. You know what else? I'm gonna have another bad take that we could discuss sometime. Hmm. I like Bryson. I like Bryson. I like Bryson more than Brooks. I've like mm-hmm. come to full terms with it. Like I was, I was teasing it for a while. Next week we have Bryson DeChambeau. Yep, there we go. Good one. And right, fresh off a of Ryder Cup performance. Oh, so, right. Yeah. So yeah. we'll have Bryson live from Whistling Straits to discuss his performance. Yeah, yeah it was a pretty easy get for this yeah. podcast. <laughs> you take a couple yeah. months off, get Bryson in. He actually reached out to us, so. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to want to subscribe so you could <laughs> listen to that. And all right, fam. Peace. Peace and love. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you got to do. I don't believe that anybody feels the way I do about you now. Because maybe Because maybe